what's up? It's Ursula. And AJ. Welcome to the One Lost Sheep podcast and to our special episode on heaven, part two. Let's go. (laughs) There was so much interest in the first episode and we had a lot of questions about heaven that we have to actually go back and revisit the present heaven. We had a lot of questions about the present heaven. I know. Like someone will say to me, oh, I listened to your episode and I still get like, oh, you did? You did? You listened to it? Like I'm not used <laughs> oh, to it. Oh, people actually do that? <laughs> but we just came off of Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. How was yours? It was good. It was good. I had to cook it all. So what'd you cut? All the, just the traditional stuff. Turkey. What we know about your cooking is that your daughter has returned a lasagna to you. So <laughs> how did the Thanksgiving meal go? I mean, I don't know. I'll have to ask everyone else. I think it was fine. Was it all vegan? No, it wasn't. There was a turkey. And you know what? No one was really eating the leftovers of the turkey and Alex made it. So maybe Ooh, it was his cooking man. that was the problem this time. Alex. Not mine. <laughs> Just something to think about. <laughs> okay. Did you do? What did you do? We switch off every year. So this year, Thanksgiving Day was at my in-laws. And then on Friday, we went to my parents. So I had two Thanksgivings. Oh, wow. Feeling extra plump. At your parents, do you have like a Polish Thanksgiving or do you guys still too traditional? It's it's, it's like half, half. So we have traditional American Thanksgiving, but then my, my parents make side dishes that are Polish as well, like uh, kapusta, pierogi. So that's sauerkraut. That's um, dumplings. I want to go to your house for this. It's good. <laughs> it's good. That's why I'm extra plump today. I w- <laughs> We're both wearing like big sweaters. <laughs> This is what we have to do, all right? Well, I'm enough for Thanksgiving bodies. <laughs> Speaking of food, has a pastor ever said anything to you or have you ever heard anything like at church that really you were like, whoa, like mind blown? Yeah, I think I've said this before in a different episode, but the pastor or the service that stood out the most to me was when they said my, which is now my favorite verse because of it, but it's Mark um, 12, 17. And it's Jesus said, give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. That sticks with me because I apply it to every single thing in my life. I think about it probably at, at least every day. Because if you actually think about it and the meaning of it, it really does apply to everything. I'm like, what? none of this matters. Right, yeah. I was telling you last night. When I, yeah, <laughs> I was right. talking to you last night. I'm like, I know none of this matters, but how about you? Anything? I've been waiting for you to ask. <laughs> um, You're like, that's why I asked you. <laughs> no, no. Um, So the best thing I ever heard or the thing that really just kind of blew my mind the most, right, was this pastor once said, have you ever had a peach? Have you ever had a peach at its peak of ripeness? And then you bite it and you have like the juices running down your face and it's decadent, right? I mean, my mouth is watering now. I mean, I prefer a pear, but (laughs) I get what you're saying. Okay, so have you ever had a pear, AJ? And it's a really good one. Yes. (laughs) Well, that is still a pear from a cursed earth. As yeah. good as it is, as like tasty and amazing as some of these foods are, they're still from a cursed earth. And so immediately I was like, wait a minute. Is he saying we're eating in heaven? Like, is, is that what he's, because that's what he's saying, right? Yeah. But that sermon, I think like over 10 years ago now, opened my eyes to the fact that there are probably so many unknown things about our afterlife, about our forever life that we don't know, but that we should know. Yeah. We need to know these things because that's where we're going. Yeah. I mean, when Jesus was resurrected, he ate. Yeah. I'm so glad you actually said that because looking at Jesus's resurrected body, that is our first kind of indication what our resurrected bodies will be like. So first and foremost, he was easily recognizable. 
there were a couple stories where they didn't recognize him at first. I was just going to say that. What about the verse about, um, who was it that thought he was a gardener? Was it Mary said she could mistake him for a gardener? Right, exactly. So he looked like a person, but they didn't assume he was Jesus because what they knew was that Jesus was dead. And at that point, they still hadn't understood scripture and the prophecy. So they didn't understand that he will be raised from the dead. But once they knew, once they knew it was him, they knew it was him. So he was easily recognizable. So that implies that our racial and gender identities will transfer over. Yeah. He didn't come back as a resurrected phantom. They, they were like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you are. And he said, touch my side. Feel me. We know that he was physical and real. He sat and talked with them. Uh, he ate with them. Yeah. So Jesus was, he, okay, the 40 days that he was on earth after his resurrection, he was very intentional with his actions. He did not need to eat. Yeah. He just came back from the dead. He doesn't need to eat. <laughs> Even at the Last Supper, remember when he was like drinking the wine and he was blessing the bread and the wine. And he said, like, I'm not going to drink of the fruit of the vine again until I drink it new with you in the kingdom. Yeah. Saying we will drink wine in the kingdom. He was trying to tell us the very real attributes that we have to look forward to in heaven. Yeah. Speaking of those attributes, like physically, there's things that say, you know, that there's going to be mansions or many rooms, that it's going to be a holy city, um, that uh, the treasures in heaven will have treasures in heaven. And um, what are some of the other things? I have some things I wrote down. Hold on. Oh, there will be the river of life and the tree of life. Oh, there will be the pearly gates and the streets of gold. When I used to read stuff like that, though, I wouldn't make the connection that this is a real physical thing. I'd be like, OK, I wonder what that's going to look like. It's easier to picture when you understand that this is more of the same place, but with the curse removed. Yeah. Okay. So we already are very familiar with heaven. When God created the Garden of Eden and, you know, Adam and Eve, this was their dwelling place. This was their home. And, you know, then eternal sin was committed and the curse then came upon the earth. So we, this, it will essentially be this earth, though it will be made new. Heaven will come down to us and then we will revitalize the earth. Yeah. That's kind of like the point I was getting at, like the physical part of, of what I was trying to find. Like I wanted so much to grasp that and share that, but it is kind of vague in the Bible. You know, there's some things that they give us, but there is mystery to it. And I think for me, I was focused on the physical part of it doing this. And I was like, I should be more focused on the fact that this is where we're meant to be. This is where we were created to be with God. And the physical part of it isn't really so important, even though we want to know, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, I, I don't know, it's not our main, it shouldn't be my focus. It shouldn't be our main focus. Like we are meant to be with God. Well, I think also his dwelling place, that know? trust, though, that you're talking about, like that trust of like, I know that I'm supposed to be with God, so I don't need to know exactly what heaven is. I think that also just comes with the blessing of faith. Yeah. The blessing of faith that that occurs when you devote time to God. Yeah. So because I feel that way, too. I don't need to know what heaven is like anymore. You know, yeah. like I'm at the place where I'm like, I I already have such full, complete trust and faith in God that I already know whatever it's going to be, it's going to surpass my wildest expectations. But I'm talking about it because, you know, I think a lot of people aren't there. 
For anyone who's struggling with faith, I I do want to reassure that there is this great promise that God has given us, and the promise is eternal life. And and so I want to talk about it to make it more real and attainable for people, because if you understand what is to come, if you truly understand what is to come, then maybe it will entice you to get to know God a little bit. For sure. Right? For sure. There's so much scripture that says how valuable, like heaven's value is immeasurable. There is a chapter in Matthew that contains six parables about heaven from Jesus, six or seven. And one of them is only two lines. It's the parable of the pearl. And it it's, even though it's only two lines, it's a parable. And so a parable you can dig into and dig into and just like uncover the meaning, which I think is so cool that Jesus spoke in parables because we already know there's no way to describe Grasp with it. our... Yes. Mm-hmm. I feel like the parables help me because sometimes I am reading the Bible, especially Revelations, and I'm like, is this Shakespeare? Like, what, <laughs> what is Rev- going on That's right where a lot of our our podcast is on today's revelation. I know. And I'm like, oh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I read a lot of books on revelation, but we, Hey, there are scholars who know more than I do. And so we're going to, we're going to piggyback off their knowledge. I need a, I need a picture book. I need the Bible to be a picture <laughs> book. Was nobody an artist back then? <laughs> okay. This is the parable of the pearl of great value. It's two lines. and I'm just going to read it. And this is what Jesus says. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. Who? on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Okay, break it down. Let's dig in. (laughs) So first and foremost, the pearl is Jesus and salvation. And while we cannot actually pay for that, we can't pay for that. Once we understand the value, we are willing to give everything to possess it. Okay, but it's also a pearl. It's it's a pearl which by nature, you have to search for pearls. Right. Yeah. You, ha- you have to actually find the oyster, crack it open and find the pearl. The kingdom of God does not come to anyone simply because. And, and, and Jesus says this throughout the Bible. He who searches me will find me. OK, so even in the parable of the pearl, he's giving this demonstration. People are searching for it. But when they find it, it's so valuable. Notice the merchant stops looking for pearls. Right then and there, the culmination of his life's work is the inheritance of this pearl. It makes further searching unnecessary. He has all that he needs. Yeah. In those two lines, that's what he's trying to tell us. It's everything. It's everything. Those two lines are everything. Okay, but I'm actually going to backtrack because before we truly get into the meat and potatoes of heaven, did I say potatoes? Potatoes. Potatoes. You you actually said that in the last heaven up heaven episode, but I like that line. I feel like we should stick with that. Well, like, I like me potato. potato. I just said potatoes. I feel like that should go on the wall. I don't think you've been writing all of mine down. We stopped at some because my reading has been atrocious. When I start reading, things go south. You know what? I stopped writing down words while you were reading because I just don't have enough paper for, <laughs> for that. Okay, let's go back, go go back. back yeah. to the present heaven. We know from near-death experiences, right? It's a spiritual place. So when people say grandma's in heaven, that's what they're saying is that there is a present heaven. And then there is an eternal heaven that that happens at the Battle of Armageddon when heaven comes down to earth. So really quick. So in the Bible, there is a present heaven that people that are dying before today and Mm -hmm. until the Armageddon this is where they reside. And then there is the future heaven when heaven actually comes down to earth, which is the the final. 
the final and physical. Gotcha. So the current heaven is this spiritual heaven. It's just for people to go who are in between the the yep. transitional period between life on earth and then life in the new earth. Gotcha. Um, you know, I find it interesting because Jesus, when people have died in the New Testament, he always refers to them as sleeping. When Lazarus was dead, Jesus said he's sleeping. Mm-hmm. But at that point, he had been decaying for for a couple of days. When Jairus's daughter in Luke 8 was dead, Jesus says, stop wailing. She's sleeping. He is never indicating that this body of ours is is dead. Yeah. He, it's it's simply sleeping. It is resting. It is waiting to be reunited with our souls. Love that. So that the new earth is the physical earth, but when grandma dies or when somebody you love dies, they go to a present heaven. And that present heaven. I love how you just keep saying grandma dies. Like, why grandma? <laughs> why like, are you killing off grandma? <laughs> <laughs> grandma, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, so first and foremost, what we know is that it's a paradise. When Jesus was dying on the cross, the thief next to him said, I you know, basically, I believe you forgive my sins. He turns to him and says, truly, I tell you, today, you and I will be in paradise. So we know that the present heaven is paradise. Yeah. Paul says, when we die, we go to be with God. Okay, both of those indicate that there is no place for suffering to go for a believer. Yeah. There is no place of purgatory. There is nothing because we are washed clean by Jesus's promise. So when we go to heaven, when we die and we go to be with God, we go to be with God on Jesus's resume, not our own. That's first and foremost what we understand, which is why the thief on the cross could go to paradise today. Yeah, I have to say, I didn't know any of this until like heaven episode one and obviously now this one. But I mean, for anyone else out there that didn't know, it's it's a lot, I mean, to, to take in, but it's, you know, and that's not an understatement. We have been studying for this episode for seven months now. And this morning, I felt less prepared than I ever had. <laughs> and, and I'm not even being sarcastic. You guys should have seen us before this episode. <laughs> <laughs> But I felt so unprepared and I was like, why is this happening? And I'm starting to kind of understand why Jesus spoke in parables. Yeah. Because there's no, like, I can tell you guys everything I've read, but the most important thing that I can tell you is this. There is a Bible passage that talks about heaven and it is this. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. But the next line is, but it is revealed by spirit. Yeah. As my intensity of Bible knowledge increases, so does my understanding of this gift. Yeah. I try not to let lack of understanding cause doubt. God explains lack of understanding. He yeah. actually addresses it. He's like, you don't know many things. That's why he always says, blessed is the one who believes, who has not seen and believes. Because you are, you're believing things that sometimes are hard to make sense of. Yeah. You know, but I, re- I read a good analogy and I'm going to mess it up, but it was something about like, you don't know how a seed grows into a plant, but yet you know it happens. Yeah, that is exactly what faith is. You have this little morsel, but you yield so much fruit. Like peaches. <laughs> or pears. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the future heaven, though. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's get to what did John see in Revelation when he is shown heaven 
This is oh. what me and Ursula have been waiting for. <laughs> okay. So when the Apostle John sees heaven, he is shown that the Bible is a part of heaven. Now, the significance of the Bible being in heaven is that history will not be erased. And the book I read, Heaven by Randy Alcorn, he he applies a ton of like creation logic to heaven, which, you know, when you understand, again, the spirit of God, you understand it makes so much sense. But, you know, when God first created Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden, that was man's fall. He didn't then erase history and start again. He continued. God's story is relevant. His story is history, right? It is the world and how it came to be, how creation and the fall up until the Battle of Armageddon, that is all in heaven. And so therefore, history is going to be a part of us. So everything that we're afraid of losing and knowing it's not going anywhere. <laughs> in fact, in like 1 Thessalonians, Paul talks about reunions in heaven. You can't have a reunion without two things, a memory and an identity. Right? You can't. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You don't know your past with some, Yeah, so you <laughs> and he talks about reunion. So we are reunited with our loved ones and we know who they are. We recognize them from their physical appearance. Yeah. And then we also know their past. I don't know if I want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, it's really helping we'd cut ties. AJ, guess what's coming up? What? Christmas. And you know what that means. I don't. (laughs) Family. Here at Toll's Podcast, we love families, but we recognize that we don't always have things to talk about. As our Christmas gift to you, we're releasing an episode a couple days before Christmas on the reliability of the Bible. Arm yourself with talking points about the most important book that exists on earth on the holiday that started it all. Happy birthday to our man, Jesus Christ, and see you December 21st. My mom has six sisters and a brother. And I know, I have a big big Polish family. Oh, and that's just my mom's side. My dad has six brothers and a sister. Holy cow. I know. Crazy. I thought I knew everything about you. Well, you'll learn something new. <laughs> Congrats. But anyway, so, you know, a few years ago, we lost our first aunt and it was devastating. It was, I didn't know how devastating it would be at that time. And, you know, I remember th- there's, uh, I'll never forget uh, at her wake, you know, I will never forget her sisters saying goodbye to her. I will never forget that will, that image will be burned in my memory until the yeah. day I pass. But the point being that they really thought it was the last goodbye. And at that time, I didn't have words of reassurance. And, you know, I remember my sisters and my cousins, all our cousins, just agonizing over the fact of, you know, we'll never have those moments again where all of our aunts are together and watching them in their glory. When you have six strongly opinionated sisters and a brother in a room, it's hilarious watching them interact. And I remember feeling like something was taken from me. But, you know, I want to reassure my cousins. I want to reassure my sisters. We will get those times back. They'll be better. Forever. Forever. We'll be together forever with our aunts, you know, in their glory. Their memories will be perfectly intact. So all of the stories that they have from World War II or communist Poland, like they'll actually remember those exact details. That's so crazy. It's so cool. It's so cool. We're ready to go. (laughs) I wish we could just take everyone with us at the same time. 
feel like that's why I love the thought of Armageddon. You yeah. Know, just- I know. Yeah. That's what that's what I kind of <laughs> hope happens is that we're just here for Armageddon. Yeah. I bet you everyone has hoped that though. Yeah. I feel like that's what everyone, everyone from the Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think we're the lucky ones. I just have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I think what I love most about the idea of being in heaven is that everything is just created new and there's no worry, there's no pain, no tears, no anything. And I get to be with the people I love with none of these earthly problems. Oh my gosh, yes. Nothing. Amen. I know. Yep. Even I was thinking about it like for, you know, any mother out there, like you have children and like, you know, you're always so worried about them. Mm-hmm. You know, as a mother, you're only as happy as your saddest child. Yeah. Which is oh, so, true. so true. My gosh, is that true? And I only have one, but she's sad. She's going to kill me. <laughs> but, you know, gosh, like to to have that weight removed that I don't worry about my my sweet little son, whatever he's doing. You know, I don't have to worry about where he's going to be going because I always know he's going to be protected. And not only that, I always know he's going to be happy. Yeah. You know, it's right now it's kind of hard, I think, also to imagine heaven because it's it's hard to imagine us without sin. Yeah. With a graduated understanding, some things will become simplified. Sin will become simplified. We will finally be able to see sin for what it really is because it will have lost its luster. On earth, sin is disguised as temptation, as pleasure, as all of the things that are leading us to destruction. But in heaven, that veil will be removed. But I actually have a really cool analogy from Randy's book. Good old Randy. We will never forget the ugliness of sin. People who've experienced severe burns are not tempted to walk into a bonfire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Having known death and life, we who will experience life forever will never want to go back to death. Yeah. We'll see it for its like ugliness that it is. It will be very easy at this point not to choose sin. Yeah. I mean, sin was never meant for us. It was a consequence. And Jesus' sacrifice took that from us. Mm-hmm. I read in First Corinthians that not all flesh is the same. So it was comparing like animals or whatever. But I mean, same goes for our resurrec- resurrected bodies. Uh-huh. They're not going to be exactly the same. Let's see what what Randy says about that in his book. Back to Randy again. Back to Randy. <laughs> Listen, this is one of the most well-researched books on heaven. So there's a lot of Take it away, of- Randy. <laughs> no, okay, how old will we be? So our DNA is programmed in such a way that at a particular point, we reach optimal development from a functional perspective. For the most part, it appears that we reach this stage somewhere in our 30s. What? Yes. You're telling me this is my peak? I feel like you passed your peak. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> loving that. I, don't want- I think it's like early 30s. <laughs> You're on your way down, my friend. <laughs> uh, you mean to tell me this is what I'm going to be? Just, go ahead. But basically, yeah, it's going to be you in your perfected state somewhere in your like 30s or, you know, so. But I mean, it's hard to say, yeah, we'll be 30 because. Time doesn't really exist in heaven. Yeah. Well, it does, just not how we know it. I'll Time take like 19. On, I'll take that. Maybe Jesus will make you 19 and everyone else 30. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Back to it. Back to it. Okay. Wait, 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 what? wait. What? I also want to say we're going to be immortal, imperishable, raised in glory and power, strength. We're going to have strength. Mm-hmm. So our original bodies were perfected for their environment. Uh-huh. 
And they're going to be perfect in heaven. And like I said before, there is no indication based on how God has structured the earth from the beginning of time that it will just be a brand new place with no memory of the old. Many scholars believe it basically picks up where we left off just new and good and with curse removed. So what does that mean? That means, you know, our method of travel. When God created Adam and Eve, they still like they hadn't yet been given the earth to explore and create, right? We are the pinnacle of his creation. He's proud of the things we've invented. Yeah, All of that will likely go with us. It's going to feel more real than we really know. Like we're already experiencing so many aspects of it. But again, it doesn't matter because we're going to be with God. I mean, it, look, these are all the promises that we can believe in God because he's not just a just God. He is a God who loves us tremendously. I mean, AJ, he says he knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows us intimately. So we can feel comfortable in saying that when God creates this new earth for us, that, you know, the things that we're doing are jobs. And yes, we're going to have jobs. When he created Adam and Eve, he gave Adam the job of managing over the animals and the land. So presumably, we will also have jobs in heaven. You know, there will be travel in heaven. We'll get to experience um, other countries and the culture. God created culture. He created diversity. These are glorious things. These are things that are to be celebrated. You know, feasts, celebrations. He talks of feasts in heaven. There will be feasts together. Yeah, Feasts imply food. And, you know, even at the Last Supper when he said, like I, you know, like I mentioned, we're going to be drinking fruit of the new vine. There's no reason to suggest he was talking about symbolically. Yes. He was saying what we're going to be doing. They were he was saying it while they were eating and drinking. He wouldn't have been symbolic about it at that time. Yeah. You know, I think there is so much to look forward to. So much to look forward to. Um, Another thing Jesus says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. Well, he also promises each of us a dwelling place. Okay, so we will all have our own dwelling place. And to understand God is to understand what he desires for us, what he created us to desire. Well, what do we desire? We desire fellowship. We desire solitude. So our homes will have a place for us to fellowship. We'll have a place for us to go and be in solitude with the Lord. Yeah. And it says that the old order of things is passes away. Mm -hmm. You know, earth as it is passes away. Right. Like the laws of earth, you know, like the time. And and like think of, you know, if you want to really picture the new earth. So picture this earth, but just start tacking off all the bad things. What's bad about this earth? Well, you know, disease, crime, racial injustice, all all of the things that hold us back are, that is all that's going to be removed. Sometimes I I used to think like, oh, are we going to be bored in heaven? Just because I'm like, I'm thinking forever. I get bored on earth. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. Every day. (laughs) But you have to think this is also where everybody through all of history will reside at the same time and the same place. So every person you've ever wanted to meet, you get to meet. I don't think we're going to even know what boredom is. We There's not possible. Every person you meet, you're going to want to know their story and God's plan. What year were you alive? What happened when you were, how was your life? Like, I mean, these fascinating details and accounts of everyone on earth, we're going to be sharing those with each other. Even just that takes care of boredom, but that's not even considering exploring the earth 
and space. Remember, God created space yeah. when he created oh, creation. Like point. we get to explore space. I AJ, never I didn't either until I read this book, but why wouldn't we? Al, are you listening? He's going to love it. Does he love space? Yeah, he likes anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) Conspiracy theorist. So basically what we're saying is there is going to be a new heaven, new earth, and we're all going to be living with our new physical bodies, happy and fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. That's really the gist of it. And you know, your creator knows you intimately. He knows you better than anyone. And so- he knows like even when even when you we are given like our jobs in heaven or what our role is in heaven it will be tailored to fit specifically what your desires are aj you know you're my desires we're both creations of god but we have different desires wouldn't it be god's desires for us well, he created us to have oh, those gotcha, desires, gotcha. right? So yeah, yeah. we will, like, I personally, like, okay, I love, love to cook. I could cook all day long. I love to feed people. That's like my number one thing. You're going to be my cook in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're not mine. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I could, I would do that happily for the rest of my life. Have you taken one sip of your coffee this whole time? I feel like I've been holding I drank my coffee the whole my- thing. Oh, I'm not paying attention to you. Sorry. <laughs> I'm like, mine's gone. I've been holding it half the time. I think because I've been talking so much. (laughs) I really want to apologize. You know, every time I edit our episodes, I'm like, dang, do I stop talking? But listen, guys, I cannot help (laughs) this. I can't help it, y'all. I have so much to say and I am bubbling with joy over sharing this information because it's true. Remember when I talked about Mary Neal last week? She had the near-death experience in her kayak. Yeah. yeah. So she actually wrote another book, uh, To Heaven and Back was her first book, which we posted on our social media if anyone is interested in reviewing some of the materials we used for the episode. But she wrote a follow-up book called Seven Lessons from Heaven. And there is a, ch- a chapter towards the end called Live with Absolute Trust. And she says, heaven and the supernatural are that close. I know that you and I are already living in eternity. This world is separated by the thinnest of veils. I feel like we're living in the upside down of Stranger Things. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. But we are. We're living in like the gross, nasty, corrupt part of our existence. And it can be flipped so quick, right? You know, and I always had a hard time with that Bible verse, like be joyful always, pray at all times, be thankful in all circumstances. Because I always thought, how? How can you be joyful always? Yeah, This world is awful. Sometimes it's awful. We go through crazy, horrible things. But but then when I thought about the heaven and, and what Mary is saying, like this world is separated by the thinnest of veils. And if the truth is that on the other side of that veil, is a perfect paradise created just for me, then it is truly possible to be joyful always, pray at all times, and be thankful in all circumstances. Amen. I never want to read Revelations again. I know. You, I, a revelation is hard, but there is a blessing in Revelation that is nowhere else in the Bible. It says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and keep what is written in it, for time is near. So keep reading it. Even <laughs> but I, it, it, as hard as it is to read, 
everyone should read it because it is what's to come. Right. And while it is hard to understand, there are so many um, websites or so, the bibleproject.com. I was there. I was on it. Yeah. You it's guys still check on my out. phone right now. It's one of the best resources and really easy to yeah. watch and understand. I really hope you guys got something out of this or learned something. I know we were kind of all over the place today. Apologize. It's going to continue to be like that. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I can't make sense of all the information in my head. I tried to, but hey, guys, you know what? If you could follow along, amen. If you can't, please email us. <laughs> um, and anyway, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. And as always, may God bless you. And may the Spirit fill you. <laughs>